Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Church Changer podcast. Thanks for joining us. My name is Tim Lucas, and I'm one of your hosts here at Church Changer. Why do we call it Church Changer? Because change is inevitable, but irrelevance is not. So if you're a church leader, you've probably, hey, these last few years, we've had a tectonic change in the culture and the world around us. But if you want to grow your church, you want to reach more people for Christ, you're in the right place because some changes need to be made. Some new strategies need to be rethought in a post-Christian world. And I'm guessing you may be listening and kind of lamenting the end of summer. Uh, I can tell you, uh, man, I live in my shorts and flip-flops and uh, hanging out the lake. I feel it personally as I see the leaves starting to change. But in terms of ministry, I actually love the fall. This is a season of recalling people back to church, re-engaging them with the vision and the mission of your church. And today, we want to talk about outreach that brings people back to church. If you're going to have in-reach, reach people bringing them in the church, you have to do outreach into the community. So at Liquid, we like to say that community outreach is really the heartbeat of our church. It's part of our DNA. We are passionate about being the hands and feet of Christ and serving our neighbors in need, the least, the last, the lost, So in leading an outreach, we want to accomplish a few things. First and foremost, we want to make an impact on our community. Uh, You know, it's really not about the size of the people in the seats. It's mobilizing them to hit the streets to serve. And so what we do is we take all our money, resources, and manpower, and we're like, how can we change the cities and the towns that we want to saturate with the gospel of Jesus? Secondly, we want to engage our people so they learn what it means to serve because it's part of discipleship, right? You're never more like Jesus than when you're serving. And then lastly, our whole goal is really to leverage outreach as a call, inviting people, introducing them to the life of our church, recalling our people, but watch this, engaging new ones who will be introduced to the gospel through roll up your sleeves, get down and dirty serving. Because you know what? You got to lead with cause, particularly with millennials and Gen Z. When you hit all those marks, it can be very hard to do, but we're going to walk through it in a practical way today. And we've got a special guest. We've got an expert. Kristen Flynn is here. Say hi, Kristen. Hi, everyone. She is the outreach director at Liquid Church and has led countless outreaches, large and small scale, for us over the last eight years. I can tell you, Kristen is a logistical ninja (laughs) with a huge heart to serve others well. So let's go ahead and dive in. So welcome to the podcast, Kristen. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. We have a lot of fun together, right? Oh my gosh, so much fun. There has been, I mean, (laughs) outreaches can be hairy. We've gone through a lot of different logistical challenges over the years and iterations, but you always do it with grace. Oh yeah, we have fun here. We don't take ourselves too seriously, but what we do, we take seriously, right? So it's fun. So Kristen is our outreach director at Liquid Church and really has extensive experience leading, you know, local outreaches as well as global programs. And so I'm really excited to pick your brain, Kristen. Um, she doesn't just oversee event planning, but also the financing of that. Like, wow, budgets. How do you how do you create an outreach budget? It's going to have a lot of practical advice and give you some free resources. Mm-hmm. Also, you know, mobilizing volunteers, managing staff, and a lot more. What's kind of interesting is before Liquid, um, you served as the international director for check this out, surfing the nations <laughs> I sure for did. nine years. What was that? I led discipleship ministry internationally, so taking groups of young people to 
Middle East, Southeast Asia, developing leaders, community centers, but we use a tool of surfing to bridge between us and the local community. So, yeah. I love it. Mm -hmm. I feel like I want to start Boogie Borders for Christ. (laughs) It's probably out there already. (laughs) More importantly, Kristen's passionate about improving the lives of the people and elevating uh, the communities that we're privileged to have a campus um, and a congregation in. So welcome, Mm -hmm. Kristen. Um, I just want to start, I guess, at the base level, Um, you know, when it comes to serving the local community and what you see as really the mission and calling of the local church. Sure. So I believe the mission of the local church is to serve the local community as Jesus did when he looked upon the crowd and he had compassion upon them and he knew that they had a physical need as well. So his heart led, but then it came with action behind it, which was feeding, right? Feeding the 5,000. And so I believe our posture in the community is to see the heartfelt needs and then meet them with our resources, which is about people, but sometimes it's also material items as well. Yeah, that really is the heartbeat of our church is we say, hey, we're going to move our people from the seats into the streets to serve. So outreach is about going beyond church walls and really applying the gospel at a point of need, right? Mm -hmm. Whether it's feeding the hungry. I always love that where it says, you know, Jesus saw the crowds who were harassed and helpless, Mm -hmm. and he had compassion on them. And the Greek word there is splagnet zomai, which all I remember means he felt it in his guts. Mm -hmm. You ever feel like compassion in your guts? You, You see someone struggling, but you have a deep desire to help make a difference. So outreach for us is really the heartbeat of our church and serves as a catalyst to re-engage our people. And I want to let you know that outreach, it's not just no strings attached, but what you will see is new people will come in through your doors. Um, I think a lot of our listeners you know, are asking the question, man, in a post-Christian culture, how do we read the, ne- the next generation? How do we reach them? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Millennials, Gen Z, and they have very much are mission-minded. They want to change the world. They're very cause-oriented. Why do you think, Kristen, outreaches are you know, not just important for serving the community, but actually bringing people into the church to serve. Mm-hmm. I think outreach is this unique piece within church ministry that's a bridge. It's a bridge from your church to your unchurched people that aren't mm-hmm. quite in your seats okay. yet. And uh, like you said, the Gen Z and millennials, they are activist cause driven. Yeah. And so anyone can really get around doing good for others. And so um, I think when you provide opportunities for others to serve in a good cause or to meet the needs of others, that people stand up. They raise their hand. They want to serve. They want to get their hands in the weeds and to provide that those resources for the people. Yeah. And so, you know, whether it's packing meals or a mobile food pantry, mm-hmm. Habitat for Humanity, you know, remodeling a battered women's shelter, Colleen and I, we've invited countless um, neighbors who are not Christians, not involved in church, mm-hmm. but we say, hey, we're, we're renovating this, this battered women's shelter. And they say, well, can we get involved? Can we start? How can we help? And they'll volunteer. Right. And all of a sudden, they're rubbing Christians with us as Christ, you know, rubbing shoulders with us as Christ followers. And it's like, oh, you're not a bunch of wackadoodles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. They, they can get behind it. We see it as a God thing. Yep. Right. Restoration, uh, bringing new life, bringing healing and hope to a community. They see it as a good thing. Mm-hmm. And we can meet on that common island. So right. I love that idea of building a bridge. Yeah. Well, let's talk timing because we're kicking off the fall and there's a couple of sweet spots on the calendar Mm -hmm. that you found for hosting an effective outreach. Give us some best practices around scheduling them. Yeah, absolutely. So the fall season is ripe with outreach opportunities. And so it's really identifying and being intentional with where you want to serve and how you want to engage your current church community and make room for new people. And so October is a great time to start planning for a Thanksgiving outreach or a Christmas outreach and identifying the scope and scale in which the outreach um, can be at your church to make the greatest impact. 
um, during the holidays too, everyone's always looking to give back. And so it's a great time to expand your volunteer opportunities because people want to raise their hands and say, oh, I want to help out. I want to I want to go serve meals at a homeless shelter. I want to prepare gifts for children in foster care. Mm-hmm. And so you don't have to recreate the wheel either. Um, sometimes some of the basic, most simple projects have the biggest impact. Yeah. You hear from us all the time here at Church Changer, you need to cooperate with the calendar. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can have the greatest idea for an outreach. And if you put it smack dab in the middle of July, you're just not going to get traction. Right. People are distracted. They're actually thinking about not so much giving back, but actually replenishing their own souls on vacation. Mm -hmm. Um, But we have found, wow, November and December, it's like gangbusters. Right. You put an outreach out there that families can participate in with little kids. Mm -hmm. It's remarkable. Mm -hmm. We're in the Northeast. And I think one of the big things is parents are worried about their kids even if they don't go to church, they're like, we don't want our kids to grow up to be entitled, selfish brats, honestly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we want to teach them to give back. Well, guess what? There's not a lot of opportunities in most towns or cities to do that apart from the local church. Mm-hmm. And that's really where we come in and say, hey, how can we uh, do a mass outreach that doesn't just mobilize those in the seats, but brings in those from the streets? So, mm-hmm. hey, guys, just a friendly reminder, we're going to recap our conversation with Kristen in our Leader's Guide. And we're going to include some extra bonus resources there for you as well that Kristen will tell us about in a minute. And to get your hands on that, just go to churchchanger.com slash podcast. Kristen, let's talk about some, you know, fall outreach ideas. Mm-hmm. If someone's listening, they like the idea of hosting outreach in October mm-hmm. with a short runway. Yeah. What are some ideas that you think are really practical? They're doable, you know, sure. to pull off in a four to six week window that still have a high impact. Yeah. So at fall, we know our kids are back in school. Teachers and students are always in need of school supplies. And it's Mm -hmm. also building that, hey, we're the church and we want to be here and support our community. And so reaching out to your local Title I schools to see what their needs are, doing a small pack out of school supplies, backpacks, or even like a blessing basket for the teachers. We know they're in the Mm -hmm. trenches. Um, And again, like a pack out can be for all ages and stages from kids all the way up to grandma and grandpa. Um, You could also partner with a local women's shelter, provide a fall cleanup, beautification of the grounds, making it just a a wonderful place, a warm place for the women and children to be, and then host a barbecue, you know, get to rub shoulders with them, have conversations, pray. Um, That's always been a, a great opportunity too. And then Halloween, most communities have have a trunk or treat, partner with your local community and bring out, you know, five of your biggest trucks and decorate them to the nines and have the full size candy bars and just say, hey, like we want to be a presence in our community and a blessing to it. So coming alongside schools and municipalities and local partnerships is really, really key to say, hey, we don't want to do our own thing in a silo. We actually want to come alongside you and, and move forward together to serve our community. One of the things we love doing in the Northeast as the weather gets colder in the fall, people People's thoughts turn to helping the homeless. Mm -hmm. And so we have done coat distributions, big coat giveaways. We'll buy 5,000 coats and we'll say, we'll plant them in cities and we'll say, come and do some shopping for your kids and yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, Hygiene kits for homeless veterans. I remember we did those hygiene kits and packing Mm -hmm. them for those who are on the streets. And, um, you know, let me ask you this, because I think one of the roadblocks that people have towards outreach is they're like, well, that costs a lot of money. Mm -hmm. I mean, buying, you know, whether it's hygiene kits or or jackets, uh, you know, for the homeless or supplies. Let's hone in on budgets for a minute. Sure. You've led some massive projects, right? Like the rehabbing of a entire domestic violence shelter or a senior center, right? Mm-hmm. We, we've, we've done those things. But it's not just the labor provided. The purchase of all the materials is also a gift to the community. Mm-hmm. 
let's be honest. If I'm cynical, I'm like, hey, it's easy to go big when the budgets are big. But what are some ways to support the community when budgets are are tight or maybe some of our leaders' finances are restricted? Yeah, sure. So I think, again, partnership and connecting with your local town and community center, identifying what needs they have. Most times when we go and we talk to any of the community organizations, they already have a plan of how they want to beautify their resource center, their after-school care so the parents can get some training, some actually mentorship. And so um, coming alongside them and hearing what their vision is, sometimes there's resources there and they just need the manpower. They need the the electrician and the plumbers or just the the helping hands to paint the walls. Um, and so sometimes our greatest resources are people <laughs> versus physical you know purchases. Um, but even some low-hanging fruit, you could host a community movie night, invite um, some of the community center uh, families to your church location, host a family-free movie night. Um, or provide dinner for the local police department or fire department. Just some small acts of kindness. I think that the pandemic showed us anything. It's that serving small is right in your own community or in your neighborhood. So writing a, a beautiful encouragement note to your shut-in neighbor or um, doing love bombs. We did that once year when yes. we did Love Week. We had we sent out our staff into the community to do love bombs, and they came up with creative ideas of buying flowers and sweets for uh, the staff at a, a elderly home. Um, and so just to bless them to say yeah. thank you for taking care of those. Here's something that I have done actually with just two two staff uh, back in the day when, you know, there's just a few of us and we're like, we don't really have two nickels to rub together, mm-hmm. but we want to let our neighbors know we're here to serve them. We went to the CVS store and got two bottles of Windex and a couple rolls of paper towels. Uh-huh. And then we went store to store to Dunkin' Donuts, Jersey Mike saying, hey, we're here to clean your bathrooms. Now, the managers try to chase us because they're like, what's the catch? You're here right. to we're like, we're not here to, for a donation or money. Jesus washed feet. We're followers of Jesus. We're here to wash your bathroom, mm-hmm. clean the sinks, the toilets, the whole thing. Yeah, It was profound. I mean, we probably spent $9 total mm-hmm. on the outreach, but literally introducing yourself to community with that posture of humility. Right that there's nothing beneath us. Mm-hmm. It's one of the most powerful evangelistic tools. Absolutely. Uh, Steve Shogren wrote a great book about service evangelism. And it really is, if you're a new church planter, the idea of serving your way into the heart of the community. It's mm-hmm. not about your website or your SEO or your splashy banners. It's serving your way humbly mm-hmm. and doing the jobs that no one else will do. Yes, absolutely. Well, let me ask you about this, Kristen, because you know it's yes, it's fall, but it's not too early to talk about Christmas. Uh, you lead a Christmas outreach on a massive scale the first week of December every year. It is about packing meals. We've gone from 10,000 meals to 50,000 meals, 100, and now a million meals has mm-hmm. been a goal for us as a church. Paint a picture for our listeners of what that outreach looks like and why it's a good fit for a lot of churches at Christmas. Sure. So our Christmas outreach pretty much kicks off the Christmas season at Liquid. Our campuses are decorated. There's fun photo ops. And so you're really starting to get in that Christmas spirit. Um, But it's also scalable and accessible for all ages and stages. You can have little kids putting stickers on bags or elderly um, sitting in chairs, sealing the food bags. And also keeping it short and sweet. I think we have found just large engagements, a two-hour serving opportunity. Um, And so people know during the holiday season, it's so busy so they can come serve with their families, with their friends, um, and then go out and have lunch or whatever they're going to do in the holiday week. 
Um, but also, I think having it at the same weekend every year, it's always the first weekend in December, has been really helpful for us and for our families to plan and invite others. So your coworkers, your barista, your trainer that you see every week, inviting them to this outreach um, when you know when it is, is really help has been helpful for our people. Now, let's paint a picture for people because when they hear like packing meals, you mean like, you know, make tuna sandwiches and put them on a Ziploc? No. No. We're talking about packing nutrient-dense, rich, nutritious meals for the food insecure actually around the globe. Mm -hmm. Tell us about our our partners because I think a key to outreach success often is partnering with an established ministry partner. Oh, absolutely. So when we first started, we partnered with um, Feed My Starving Children, an amazing organization um, that uh, hosts meal packing and helps you do it at your campus as well. Um, they're a Christian-based organization, so we started with them. Um, and then recently, um, post-pandemic, we have a partnership with Rise Against Hunger. Oh, they've been wonderful. Yeah, their their team's incredible. They're local here in New Jersey, so that was very helpful for us as we were planning. But they're all over the, the country. Um, and really, I think the key is with the partnership is that I'm not an expert in you know measuring <laughs> you know nutrition or rice or things like that or how, how or we don't even have the means even send those yeah. to communities. Mm-hmm. That's what our partnership is for, where we as a church can really focus on people, have creating a great environment and making space for new guests and making sure that their first guest experience yeah. is awesome. Yeah. So let me paint the picture for you guys. All right. We have a large auditorium. It has about 1,200 seats in it. We rip out every seat and put down plastic paper over yes. the, all the auditorium <laughs> and then move in these tables and they are filled with bins of soy, protein, uh, enriched pasta. Mm-hmm. And basically what happens is if you can imagine thousands of people lined up outside and for this outreach and they come in. So imagine a you know, family with you know three kids and mom and dad are there. They've got maybe a baby and a baby Bjorn on mm-hmm. their on their thing. <laughs> and they come in, they've got Christmas hats on, they're wearing their ugly sweaters, and all of a sudden they come into the sanctuary, which we were just doing worship in on Sunday. But all of a sudden it's playing, you know, Christmas and Hollis Queens mm-hmm. and all sorts of Christmas music. And then they pair up along these tables to assemble these meals. And there's basically a role for everybody, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Everyone from the you know your three-year-old to your 15-year-old, there's a role for them. And yeah. so everyone's engaged in this focused mission to provide these meals for you know our brothers and sisters around the world. So yeah. yeah. It's really, really powerful. And basically we make it a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Outreach for us has to be fun. It's yeah, we're dealing with serious issues, food insecurity, malnutrition. Right. But we play Christmas music. We actually have competitions and the tables, you know, they'll be packing meals in every box that they seal up and pack with label and everything that's going to go to developing world. They'll ring the gong, mm-hmm. kind of the bell, and they'll cheer. And they'll be like, oh, we've done 40 cases. You've only done 39, you know, kind yeah. of thing. And it really is really a festive thing. It's something, guys, that we see non-Christians come to our church even once a year for that, even more regular than they come for the Christmas Eve services. Mm-hmm. So very, very powerful, easy for your folks to invite. And that's, I think, a key, guys. We're talking about outreaches that bring people back to church. Here's the deal, pastors. You can't ask your people to fish if you don't give them the bait. (laughs) Mm. And I don't want to talk about it in, you know, crude terms like, oh, this is the bait or something. It's not a bait and switch. We just believe in the power of no strings attached compassion. It's very rare in our world. And when people say, well, what can I, I pay for this? I want to donate to a church. We're like, no, that's what we exist to do. The church exists for the sake of the world. Mm-hmm. And so we pray at our outreaches. A lot of times it's the first time people being around 
authentic Jesus followers who are not religious, who are able to have fun, but they're also changing the world. Right. Now, something, Kristen, I know you always strive for at outreaches is really making it family friendly. Mm-hmm. You go out of your way to engineer activities that are suitable for children. Mm-hmm. I know I've come to you with ideas and you're like, uh, that's awesome, Tim. Yes, re-roof a women's shelter, but <laughs> I, we want children at this and right. we don't want them on the roof. Mm-hmm. Um, at Christmas, even toddlers can participate. Why is that such a priority for you and how do you do it? Yeah. So, I mean, if you look at your our church family, the demographics are young families. And so in order to have mom and dad there, we need to have space for Abby and Clint and, you know, Randy to be there too, their kids. Right. And so, um, you know, for the Christmas outreach, I was like, how, how do we get the little ones here? And so we just created a sticker that, you know, we asked Rise Against Hunger, hey, can we put this sticker on our completed boxes? Right. And it just said, Pack with Love by Liquid Church. And those little kids are so committed <laughs> at the sticker table every Christmas to put on, make sure every box has it. that sticker. Um, but we also have fun with it, too. Um, you know, we've had a couple all-star volunteers wear these funny Santa outfits or reindeer outfits and run through the packout yes. space, take photos. So creating this fun, high-energy um, environment yeah. is really important for engaging young kids and wanting to leave with wanting more, um, not to be like, oh, that was kind of lame and, you know, boring. Yeah, and I don't want to yeah. do outreach again. It's like, I want to create this momentum of like, oh no, yes. outreach is cool. And I want to continue to serve. <laughs> I remember at one Christmas outreach, one of our pastors was dressed in the elf costume, mm-hmm. like Will Ferrell right? But, and yeah. uh, with the yellow tights. <laughs> and it was, it was a bit much, uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> but just, it, it was totally fun, fun to be us moment and mm-hmm. creating that fe- festive atmosphere. We always want outreaches to really be accessible and friendly for new guests. Because think about it, it's an area, right, where you can find common ground with your neighbors. Like people don't actually have to know Jesus to have a desire to feed the hungry or to serve the poor. They just say, hey, that's a good thing. Now for us as Christ followers, it's a God thing. But outreaches really can be an opportunity for your people to invite their neighbors. That is those outside the church walls to come serve with us inside the church walls, okay? Now, this follow this, guys. Kristen, my question is, if listeners want to grow their church, how can outreach be part of that invite strategy and really have that evangelistic focus to it? Sure. I think a great example is Night to Shine, a, pr- a prom that's held for adults with special needs in partnership with the Tim Tebow Foundation. It is a magical night that allows our guests to have a wonderful red carpet experience, but also our volunteers to be a buddy with them, providing them this exceptional, fun, dancing limo experiences. But here's the thing. It's an easy invite to my sister who doesn't come to our church, and she serves every year at Night to Shine. Sure, my niece was a buddy this year. She's my sister's at the Welcome Center. Now they don't attend our church, but they always come to our outreach because they see the goodness in what we're doing, yeah, yeah. and so um, they're drawn to that. Yeah. And so I, you know, she's always in my mind when about these outreaches. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. So at Night to Shine is a perfect example of how you can serve the special needs community. Yeah. It's part of our compassion cause, but also it's an opportunity to reach those that haven't yet come yeah. to the church at Liquid. Um, core to our outreach strategy is we just have a huge heart to come alongside families and children with special needs. Uh, New Jersey has one of the highest autism rates in the entire nation. And we really have families all along the spectrum, uh, you know, from Asperger's to Down syndrome, ADHD, you know, cerebral palsy, severe non-mobility, verbal issues, you name it, we've got it. And we love it. But rolling out that red carpet, again, communicates something so powerful to our neighbors. Mm -hmm. I think the majority in post-Christian America, 
majority of neighbors drive by a church and they're like, I wonder if that thing's even open. I see a few cars in the parking lot on Sunday. Again, we're flipping the script. We're changing their mind about what happens because all of a sudden, just like at Christmas, we transform the auditorium. For Night to Shine in February, we again take out all the chairs and put in New Jersey's largest dance floor in our sanctuary. Mm -hmm. Now, listen, some of our traditional Baptist people are like, what? (laughs) We're having dancing? Yes, because this is like Jesus who said, ah, the master of the house wants to throw a party. Go out into the streets, invite the lame, the crippled, the blind. Bring them into the Father's house so that my house may be full. Mm-hmm. And we throw this incredible party, as you said, with you know a beauty bar for the women. We'll actually have prom dresses donated for those who can't afford them. We r- do limo rides around the parking lot, karaoke. It's, it's my favorite night of the year, mm-hmm. like hands down. But like you said, we get an influx. I think almost 15, 20% of our volunteers that night, and we're talking like 500 volunteers, mm-hmm are people who don't attend our church. Absolutely. And, you know, it's also our local fire department and the and police department. The police come too, yeah. They, I mean, year after year, hey, when's Night to Shine? We, they are our paparazzi cheer team as our guests enter yeah. and walk down the red carpet, which is such a magical moment when they come in the door and all these people are cheering for them just because yeah. they are so special to us, but also to God. And so, um, yeah, so it's a great way to also encourage your community to get, to get involved. We had our mayor come this past year. Right. He was, it, we're like, we're throwing this party for special needs young adults. And he's like, I will be there. And he was on that red carpet Mm -hmm. line. So all of a sudden you have these community people inside your church as your church is reaching out. Do you get that? See how outreach becomes in reach? Again, there's always an evangelistic focus to it. Mm -hmm. Now, Kristen, let me ask you this, because we do focus locally on special needs uh, families. We also serve the hungry and the homeless. That's kind of a a core to who we are. But we also have a global outreach. Now, we there's a lot of things you could do. You could focus on, you know, uh, immigration, human trafficking, uh, you know, food insecurity. You could be doing a lot of things. We as a church have drilled down on the clean water cause. Mm-hmm. I mean, our name is liquid after all, right? right? It's, like, <laughs> it's like, hey, we want to give people the living water of the gospel. But we also know that over a billion people on the planet lack access to clean drinking water. And so... You've come up with some creative ways. We know that some of our people will go on missions trips, mm-hmm. but the majority won't. And we want to get them as part of an outreach. How do you think about that and architect ideas for that? That's right. So like Pastor Tim said, you know, a very small percentage of our church will actually go on the missions trip to drill a clean uh, drinking water well. However, I want our church to all come around our global cause, which is clean water. And so we came up with an idea to host a 5K run for Rwanda. And so um, on October 22nd, we'll be hosting this event and all the proceeds go towards our clean water cause. Um, And so people are running, lacing up their shoes, but they're running with a purpose. And I think that's what engages people is that it's not just a fun run. It's they're actually making a difference in a community by running and that clean water will be provided in in communities in Rwanda specifically. So it's not just a turkey trot or or like, oh, let's just do something social. It's actually running with the cause. Mm -hmm. And as Kristen said, we have drilled down literally in the country of Rwanda. They, They have the aspiration of becoming the first country in the history of the continent, really, to have safe, clean drinking water for their entire population. And so we said, hey, we can get on board with that. Um, Liquid people have now donated enough. We have provided over 320 clean water wells. So that's clean drinking water for over 100,000 people. But what we do is some people give, some go, but we ask everybody to run. Now, Mm -hmm. look, 
Look at me. I'm not built to be a runner, okay? This is not built for speed right here, okay? <laughs> so you said, I want to do a, a run for Rwanda. As I like, oh, man, what about the people who aren't built for speed? Mm-hmm. But you make it a run, walk, stroll. I see people with their 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 strollers with little kids in them. Yeah. So, again, like thinking full families. How do we get the whole family to come and be a part of this outreach? And so we have the 5K for all those runners out there, but then also a fun one-mile run. Um, and so little kids can do that or you can do or parents can do it, but everyone's still a part of it. I always want everyone to have a a feeling where they made an impact and they had a role to play in the success of bringing clean water to Rwanda. Now, I have to ask, because we're in a hybrid environment, right, Mm -hmm. where we have people joining us for church in person and online. (laughs) Uh, You know, we've got digital ministry, physical, hybrid of both. Let's add some complexity to outreaches. Mm -hmm. How do you engage people online with our church's outreach? Sure. So for the race specifically, um, we offered for the first time virtual opportunities. So our racers will get the same swag bag, they'll get all the promotion, but they'll run on their own. We had someone just register the other day in Rhode Island and New York. So they're going to be running with this for Clean wow. Water for Rwanda. Um, and then for like the Christmas outreach, for your meal, meal packing, like I said, Rise Against Hunger and Feed My Starving Children, they host and partner with other churches and organizations around the country. So I would encourage our virtual community to identify a local pack out that they can then Mm. serve at so that we're still moving forward with the same mission we're just doing in different locations so yeah and then we found two tim on our campuses hosting a small on-campus outreach whether it's packing snack packs for kids in after school programs or hygiene kits for the homeless putting something on the campus actually drives your listeners at home to come to the church to serve and pack those those hygiene kits. Um, they may not be ready to walk back into the church, but they'll walk in to pack a meal and then head out. <laughs> Very much so. Now, we've talked about what to do when planning outreaches. How about some what not to do? Let us learn from our mistakes, okay? Mm. What wisdom do you want to pay forward, Christian? Or maybe maybe you've got a fun story in hindsight of an outreach fail. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. I have plenty of those. Um, I think what I've learned through the years is to be very realistic with the scope and scale. Perfect example of one of my epic fails. Uh, Pastor Tim, you came to me and said, hey, Elevation does this Love Week thing. It's 10,000 hours of service and all these volunteers going out to the streets. And I thought, yeah, we can do that. And, you know, I didn't quite scale it to our size and to our, you know, abilities and resources. And so it was a stretch for us, but it was definitely, it was great. But I have learned to take a step back from the idea and really measure what we can do and how we can do it. So the scope and scale. That's really well said. You know, a couple of the outreaches that we've responded to, to me, I say you never waste an emergency. And we've had a couple of hurricanes here on the East Coast, Hurricane Sandy, of course, mm-hmm. catastrophic flooding in our area, Hurricane uh, Ida. Um, we have mucked out homes where it's like, you know what? We don't have a lot of money for this outreach. Bring your broom, bring your own gloves, mm-hmm. and we're just going to put in sweat equity, the, the man hours. And so even if it's just like, hey, we've had small groups say, the church isn't doing a big outreach, but we're going to go actually mobilize and muck out homes in, in our neighborhood. Um, again, I saw a church the other day. I thought this was awesome. We did this once back in our history. We did when gas prices were very high. We did a thing called a gas buy down. Mm. And basically the outreach was to say, hey, for uh, you know two hours on a Saturday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m., our church is going to buy down the gas at this gas station. And so instead of it being four bucks, it's 99 cents because actually in New Jersey, you can't give it away for free. So it's like, be, whatever. The point <laughs> is Jersey. everyone who pulled up got, you know, 25 bucks worth of free gas. Mm-hmm. And it was incredible. 
there were cars lined around the corner. And so we actually said one of the greatest things we can do is pray with people at the pump. You know, not one person refused. Mm. They would come up. They said, "They said, why are you doing this? We said, well, God's love is free. Uh, Jesus died on the cross, gave his life. Hey, we love to buy your gas today and pray for you. How can we pray for you? And it was extremely powerful. Yeah. So those things, you can scale them depending on the, even if you're a new church planter or a local church or you're rebuilding your congregation, you've got to start somewhere. Don't be afraid to start small. Mm-hmm. When Liquid was actually in its infancy, again, we had no money, no nickels to rub together. Um, we said, you know, can we actually hand out bottled water at a gay pride parade down in Asbury Park, New Jersey? Mm. Because at that time, there was so much tension between, and there still is today, right, mm-hmm. with the Christian community and the LGBTQ community. And we said, we're not going to hand out tracks. We're literally just going to hand out bottled water. The organizers of the parade were suspicious. They said, you're going to try to convert people. You're going to condemn them. You're going to bash them. You're going to do something terrible, political. We said, we're truly here. Just love them. Do you know what happened? The day it happened, we were bringing down all these cases of cold water. And uh, and they said, we're not going to allow you to hand it out. Well, God knew. He allowed the temperature to skyrocket to 98 degrees. <laughs> and the organizers of the, of the Gay Pride um, Festival mm-hmm. actually called me on my cell and said, are you still here and can your people bring in? And it was like, That's awesome. we were like the number one tent handing out bottled water. Mm-hmm. So guys, it doesn't have to be extravagant. It doesn't have to cost a lot. You can start small. Jesus says, right? I tell you the truth. Even giving a cup of cold water to one of these little ones mm-hmm. will surely not lose their reward. So be encouraged in that and know that we are behind you. And we're going to tell you about some free resources Kristen has to give away. Well, as part of our podcast each month, we want to spotlight some other churches making waves and doing phenomenal work. It's not just about giving them a shout out, but we want to point you in the right direction. I'm always looking for inspiration uh, inspiration, and a great habit, really is taking the time to explore the work of other churches. So today, Chris, I'd love your take on this. Share with us a ministry, um, you know, just a church that has a fantastic, vibrant outreach ministry and what we can learn from them. Absolutely. So shout out to Eastside Christian Church. They're on the West Coast and they are killing it when it comes to community local outreach. They have so many opportunities, again, all ages and stages, everything from encouraging cards for seniors at a senior home to opportunities to prepare welcome baskets from for victims of domestic violence, um, as well as packing backpacks or serving meals. There's really something for everybody, but it's also focused within their compassion focuses as a church. And so so um, their website's really robust. It's beautifully laid out. And so it's easy for people to sign up um, exactly how, you know, where they want to serve and how. So Eastside's killing it. Love it. Shout out to Eastside Christian Church. Check them out. And before we go, Kristen, you know, we always like to give away something free or something fun. Uh, we want to end on a high note. So tell us today what you're going to be giving away to our listeners. Yes. So today I'm going to be giving away what I call the Outreach Project Proposal. This is the template I use every time we have a new outreach. And it's actually the document that I follow to communicate to our executive team, kind of high level details of what the mission is, the goal, some of the budget items, also what the risk assessment is that we're aware, like, mm. well, this the run for a wand if it rains, you know, I, right, I want our leadership right. team to, to know those things. And so um, it's very concise, um, but it's a, it's a helpful layout to just give you a high level of the details. Yeah. And can I just say from a senior leader perspective, this is such a gift to us. I mean, you know, uh, our lead team 
Um, we're constantly getting new proposals. Every department wants more budget, et cetera. And when Kristen comes in, again, you can have the biggest heart and you can have the best idea, but if you can't communicate it well to senior leadership, it dies on the vine. Mm. And so this is going to be a real gift. It's an outreach project proposal template. And Kristen, my understanding is for everybody who requests that in the leader's guide, you are going to pick one name and give away a 45-minute coaching call? Yeah, that's right. Free? Yeah, of course. And then you're going to try to reel them into a coaching business or something <laughs> or what? like what? No, no, not at all. It's totally free, guys. It's just we want to make Kristen's expertise available to you. You'll have a chance to pick her brain and get feedback on your outreach plans or or project. We just love to partner with other churches and learn from you as well. So reminder, check out our leader's guide for this episode. It's got a summary of everything we talked about along with those uh, outreach template, relevant links, plus some discussion questions for you and your team. Follow us on Instagram. Our handle is at Church Changers Plus. We would love it if you follow Church Changer on Apple Podcasts, wherever it is you're listening. Hey, if you enjoyed the show, leave us a rating or review. Just help us get the word out. We'd be so appreciative. Kristen, thank you for joining us today. Um, know that we are rooting for you and your church. We can't wait to chat more next time. Remember, guys, change is inevitable. Irrelevance isn't. So let's lead forward into the future together.